Welcome to my podcast, Everyday Sublime, shedding light on yin yoga and meditation. I'm your host, Josh Summers, and I'm a yin yoga and meditation teacher and trainer. This podcast is intended to be an in-depth exploration of the intersections between yin yoga, Chinese medicine, and meditation. In each episode, I will offer a 10 to 15 minute reflection on one or several of these themes. I hope these reflections will support either your practice or your teaching of yin yoga and meditation. In this episode, I want to give you an introduction to the practice of yin yoga itself, as well as a high-level overview about what yin yoga is, how it differs from other styles of yoga, and talk about some of the many benefits of yin yoga. So let's get started. start out looking at what yin yoga is very broadly. Yin yoga is an approach to postural yoga that is meant to be a complementary style of practice to more active styles of yoga. The intentions of yin yoga are to stimulate, strengthen, and revive tissues of the body that aren't emphasized to the same degree as in active styles of practice, hence its complementary nature. In the following series of lessons, I will give detailed descriptions about the four main principles of how to practice yin yoga. But in essence, this approach to practice could be summarized by this statement. In yin yoga, you bring your body into a posture, usually on the floor, where you feel modest levels of sensation. You allow your muscles to relax within that experience, and you try to remain relatively still for between three and five minutes. All those points need to be clarified and qualified, But that, in a nutshell, is the essence of the yin yoga practice. Okay, so before going further into yin yoga, it might be helpful to step back and just gain a sense of what yin and yang really mean. To better understand the intentions of yin yoga, it's helpful to have a basic understanding of yin and yang theory. The terms yin and yang come from the ancient philosophy of Taoism. The adherents of Taoism, known as Taoists, were keen observers of nature. And in their observing patterns of nature, they described dynamics that they could observe in terms of oppositional and complementary relationships. In other words, everything, both within itself and in relationship to other things, possesses both oppositional and complementary qualities. So for example, let's consider a tree. A tree possesses both upwardly and outwardly expanding branches, as well as downwardly descending, stabilizing roots. In the case of a tree, the branches would be considered yang in nature, that is, upwardly and outwardly expanding, and the roots would be considered more yin in nature, by their downward and stabilizing quality. But here, one does not exist without the other. Furthermore, we could compare the tree to a cloud, And in this relationship, because the tree is below a cloud and more material in nature, it might be classified as yin relative to the more dynamic, lighter, and spacious nature of the cloud, which would be considered more yang. And yet, here's the tricky thing. If we change the relationship and compare the tree to the earth, one could then make the case that the tree is more yang in relationship to the yin-like nature of the earth. In other words, and this is really, really important to remember, Nothing in this model of relationship is either fixed 
or absolute. Yin and yang are best thought of as descriptive terms. They're adjectives to describe aspects of a relationship. Nothing in the world is inherently yin or yang. Something receives the designation of being relatively more yin or yang only when it is being evaluated against something else. Moreover, with any sort of yin and yang analysis, there is also a specific characteristic or trait that is being evaluated, such as temperature or location or capacity to move. So in any yin and yang dynamic, it's really important to bear in mind two things. First, what are the two things that are being compared? What's being set up in a relationship? And second, what trait or quality or characteristic is being evaluated in that relationship? The Chinese character for yin literally describes the shady side of a hill, and the Chinese character for yang refers to the sunny side of a hill. Now, based on that description, there has been a general consensus for maybe 2,000 or more years within Taoism and Chinese medical theory that yin phenomena tend to refer to things that are relatively cool, moist, dark, downward, still, slow, and yielding. That's the general consensus. Similarly, the general consensus for yang phenomena tends to refer to things that are relatively hot or dry, bright, more upward, active, quick, and forceful. But please remember, this is just a general consensus, and these are not carved in stone. They're not fixed and absolute traits and designations. They are relative terms used to describe relationships. Okay, let's go back and use yin and yang theory to maybe explain and understand what's going on in yoga more clearly. For the purpose of understanding and analyzing yoga styles, yin and yang theory offers one lens for assisting that evaluation. Styles of yoga practice that tend to be slower, that emphasize stillness and receptivity, these styles will be classified as more yin in nature. Whereas styles that are more active, dynamic, and moving, these styles will be classified as more yang in nature. Now notice that I use the word styles. Many styles of yoga could be classified as yin in relationship to more yang styles. For example, restorative yoga, yoga nidra, raja yoga, and of course, yin yoga are all relatively more yin in nature compared to say, Iyengar yoga or Ashtanga yoga or Bikram yoga and Vinyasa yoga, all of which are more dynamic and yang in nature. But again, these terms yin and yang are descriptive and relative. They are not absolute. Now, as a style of yin yoga, yin yoga as a specific style is intended to balance and harmonize the body and mind in tandem with more yang styles of practice. Generally speaking, yang styles of yoga emphasize rhythmic and repetitive contraction of muscles, moving the body through dynamic flows which stimulate, stretch, and strengthen the muscles or yang tissues of the body. Yin yoga, however, as a style, emphasizes passive, static postures, again, usually on the floor, held with the muscles in a relaxed state. This is done so that the connective tissues around the muscles and joints can be stimulated, somewhat stretched, and strengthened. Now together, yin and yang yoga offer complementary, mutually reinforcing, beneficial strategies for maintaining optimal health of our bodies and minds. But in recent decades, modern yogis have largely neglected training and developing the yin aspect of their yoga practice. As such, many modern yogis are missing out on, quote, the other half of practice, namely the yin dimension of yoga. 
Okay, so you might be wondering what benefits come from practicing yin yoga. And in this introduction, I'll be talking about physical benefits, energetic benefits, and mental benefits. On a physical level, yin yoga targets layers of tissues in the body largely neglected in yang yoga. Specifically, connective tissues around our muscles and in and around our joints are gently and safely stimulated by an intelligent practice of yin yoga. This yin stimulation of connective tissue promotes the tissue's strength, vitality, hydration, and resilience. But on the energetic level, many researchers in the field of energy medicine postulate that the connective tissues are the biological substratum for the network of energetic conductance in the body. And I'll explore this theme in much greater detail in the series on the energy body. But in general, the practice of yin yoga is one way of promoting greater energetic flow and enhanced energetic circulation. In yin yoga, deep energetic stagnations are unblocked, particularly in the joints, and the ensuing response is one of calm and stillness in the body as one's energy circulates with unimpeded ease. Now mentally, the yin yoga practice offers the opportunity to cultivate yin qualities of mind. In yang styles of yoga and meditation, often we're told to direct our attention to sensations in our body, or to focus on our breath, or to not let ourselves be swept away by thoughts. And as instructions, these are all well and good, but they do represent a kind of yang capacity for control, or management, or attempts just to optimize our experience. On the other hand, we could intentionally seek to cultivate yin qualities of mind. These qualities and capacities would include things like receptivity, quiescence, and allowance. And the approach to developing these qualities of mind is quite different from more classical yang forms of meditation. I'll dive into this topic in the lessons on a yin approach to meditation. But for now, just know that when you practice yin yoga, you could be emphasizing qualities like receptivity and allowance rather than more typical qualities of control and uh, influence. But please, please remember, there is no hierarchy between yin and yang. I'm not here to say that yin practices, yin yoga, yin meditation is better than yang yoga or yang meditation. For one practitioner, a more yang emphasis will support greater balance. For another, a more yin approach will support greater balance. And as we'll see in different seasons, or with different life circumstances, or at various stages of life, a judicious approach of different styles will be required to promote harmony and balance. Okay, I'll stop there for now. And in the next episode of Everyday Sublime, I'll discuss the first of the four main principles of how to practice yin yoga, namely coming into a posture and playing your edge. Although this is a foundational concept of yin yoga, it's worth reviewing, even for the seasoned practitioners out there. It's always worth a review of some of these basic concepts because it's so important for practicing yin yoga safely and intelligently. I look forward to sharing that with you with more insights from my practice to yours. If you'd like to follow along with the Everyday Sublime, please subscribe in iTunes. I left a link in the show notes for you. Or you can directly subscribe on my site at joshsummers.net slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening today, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.